0: This is
1: the 99 Black Podcast. Welcome to the 99 Black Podcast. My name is Wes, and I'm here with Connor. Hey, guys. And today we have a special guest. Uh, We're going to be giving him the toughest interview of his (laughs) life. His name is Jacob Robinson. What's up, Jacob? What's up? So um, we wanted to have Jacob on because uh, Jacob's got some big changes going on, Uh, Mm -hmm. some big things happening for him. And we're going to get into that a little bit. Uh he's actually uh planting a church here soon, uh, which is really exciting. He's yeah, a, super exciting. a young pastor. Um when I say young, he's I beat him by three months, I yep, think, something yep. like that. But uh, you were considered the young guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the I'm summer. the young one. Yeah. He looks older than I do. <laughs> so it's the it's the chiseled jaw, mm. the lovely well, beard. <laughs> the wonderful well, beard. Black
2: hair shows the grays better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, Jacob, you're uh Married dad, girl dad. Yeah. We, dad. So far, yep. we exclusively have girl dads on this I, show. I couldn't avoid it. <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> and um, let me see what else. Extremely handsome. I have that in my notes. <laughs> and it's you're, plant, you're planting a church. So that's kind of um, what we're going to be discussing today. Uh, some things about your past to present, um, mm-hmm. some experiences, how that's playing into where you're going in the future. And so before we really get started, tell us a little bit about some of your background, maybe your testimony, kind of and that's how we get started. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, I can go into my testimony. So yeah, I would have been, I mean, I know y'all know it but for the for the viewers, um, raised in the church. We were a family that never missed Sunday. Um, so we would have went every day. It was traditional Methodist church and um it was. I mean it was a healthy environment. People we will you know it was a it was a good as far as people getting together to um do fellowship together um and there was enough of you know pushing out into the community there wasn't much in as far as learning depth and so I was a question person I had a lot of questions as a kid and my dad couldn't really answer those for me he told he'll still admit today like I'd stump him on stuff as a kid yeah. and um which is fine you know for parents out there if you get stumped on something you know it's it's fine. Just say, hey, let's go find it together. Yeah, it's like, let's okay figure to say that out. you don't know. Don't yeah. pretend you know. Yep, yep. And that's just like when I did the apologetics course at the church. That was one thing I told people then was like, hey, like, we can ask questions. I might not know everything. If I don't, you look it up, I'll look it up. We'll get lunch or yeah. coffee and we'll, let's yeah. talk about it and right. figure out what what it is. That's that's fine. Um, but, yeah, did that. And then, you know, just getting into high school and stuff, I was, you know, lettering in in uh, varsity sports as a freshman, hanging out with older people. Um I didn't really have a lot of good influences. Not that I was around necessarily bad people, but, you know, my brother was lettering in sports as an eighth, ninth grader. And so he was hanging out with other people. And so those older guys, that, as I'm coming up toward, towards high school or 1920, i do whatever they say. Right? Like I'm, I'm listening to them. Um, probably wasn't the best, best stuff, but I just looked like the world. I just turned into looking like the world and wanted everything the world had to offer. Um, through high school – Getting into my early twenties is where things really started getting rocky. Um, but again, it was you know, it just it was just being a part of the world. And so when you say getting rocky, what do you mean? Just a lot of partying. Yeah. Yeah. Partying, um, you know, drinking, smoking, things yeah. like that. Um, and then of course the lust and sex, everything that goes with that. Um and just not seeing anything wrong with it, just just living life. Um, and it wasn't until like I have my parents ended up going through a divorce, um, and that, like, rocked the town, everything. That was a pretty big deal. Um, was was tough on me to be able to internalize all of that. Uh, and then back, getting out of a bad relationship, having a friend, uh, overdose, die early. Um, mm. And he was one of my best friends. And so by 2021, I'm, asked, I'm, I'm willing to just deny everything. And I'm like, I mean, literally make the statement that I'm not going to believe something just because my dad raised me to believe it. Mm-hmm. I'm like I want to figure out just what truth is, yeah. and so wherever that lies, like I'm taught, you know, evolution and things in school, that seems to totally contradict what scripture would tell me, uh, and so I went on that journey of trying to see it. I was going to school for radiation protection, so we did radiometric dating things, we had to carbon date stuff, and you know, you just see some holes in that and the, the assumptions that have to be made, um, and it's not necessarily to knock it. Like I get it; it's the best thing. We got right now, right. but there's a ton of assumptions that are being yeah. made. Yeah, um, oh yeah, it's and the
1: best thing we have right now. I think yeah. that's key. Like you know, every every century, <laughs> every century it changes, and right. we realize
2: we were wrong about something. Right. Except scripture, yeah, the same. Yeah. Um. And so and so then, it, you know, it just sparks this curiosity, and I'm looking into everything. And then the best thing I did though was I started reading the Bible. Um. I wanted to know what it said for myself. And uh, as I'm reading it, I mean, it is. I see nothing that's contradicting what I see in the world. It, if anything, it literally was like the scales falling off my eyes and seeing it. And it was, you know, not everybody experiences like what I ba- what I go through, what I went through, but it was like epiphanies popping off. I mean, I could be riding down the road, whatever it was, and it would just click. Um, but the most significant for me was the battling of trying to figure stuff out, talking with people, and then – Finally, I don't, I don't know why it took so long, but going to my knees in prayer and just giving it to God, telling Him I trust Him with it.
0: And w- when uh, just as a, a keynote, where when you were talking about these pe like people, do you mean like fellow members? Of, like, were you attending a church at that time, or were you no, not, like uh, you're,
2: so you were just talking to people, somebody I worked with, okay, some whatever else, you know, just trying to bounce ideas off of people. Gotcha. And was yeah, it like yeah. so, receptive? So or? usually not. Gotcha. So the the most awkward times was that like we were like. So I would say by, like, 21, 22, I'm working a job. It's 410s. We're at Savannah Riverside. Um, and so you're getting up, you know, 4:35 o'clock in the oh, morning. Yeah. you got to be there by 6, and then you're all 4 30 4, 4, 430. Um, Thursday nights, I'm going to grab a case of beer. We're heading to Columbia where a buddy of mine has apartment. Party yep. time. Yep. We're going to pregame, and then we're going out all night. Come back to smoke a little bit, whatever it is. About 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, been up 24 hours. That's when the questions start coming, <laughs> yeah. out, you know, like, "Hey, have y'all thought about yeah. this?" Yeah. You know? yeah. And and everybody look at me like I'm just nuts, you know, yeah. totally over the head. You loosen up now, re- yeah. Really, really, yeah. <laughs> I ain't got nothing else yeah, to lose. Exactly. Really take everything out of context of what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, "No, y'all aren't getting it at all." Like, and so I'm like, "Uh, but finally, you know, I guess I, I would say I was probably praying then. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was more just reciting the same stuff though. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then it would turn into a heartfelt like hey I'm throwing all this on the table. Yeah. And it was crazy though how time after time that I would finally get around to doing that. It would it would click right in and there. Like I would see what I needed to see. Um and when that happens multiple times it was just no coincidence for me. It was like all right, I got to I got to fix something mm-hmm. and get something going and so um man I always like to throw in that for the longest time I thought my testimony was simply of how you can root christianity and logic and reason and the truth of the world Mm. and i think that's that's played a ton into into my uh where i'm at now um i love that part of it but really like man there's a there there was a big part i was missing for a long time because once i came to the point of realizing i was willing to commit my life to christ and live for him one thing i prayed for often was uh to have a a manly influence in my life like somebody who is living it and um and so when I found Radius White Knoll, that was, you know, you got John Reeves and some of these other men that were Well-respected men, yeah. Yep. And so, like, one thing I, I prayed for at the time, I was like, I don't – like, I'm not looking to a, a soft-spoken man. Like, mm-hmm. that that doesn't do anything for me, and that's like a cliche you would see in many preachers and stuff. And I'm like, that, that just seems like a – like, yeah. I don't know, a joke almost. Here. Yeah, no, not to offend anyone, but – um.
0: Well, I think it's out of a good place, but like love isn't just blindly yeah. accepting yeah. things. You mm-hmm. got to kind of tell it straight forward.
2: Yeah. And, um, and so, I, yeah, I, I wanted that just to see that that masculine role played well, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I felt like I got that at White Knoll, But at the same time, relationships weren't created then, and so um, it wasn't until later in my walk that relationships started to be created, and it wasn't with any of those guys originally there, and so it wasn't until later on that I started realizing that. I've been missing something the whole time. Like I wanted that, but all I ever needed was Christ. Mm. All I ever needed was a scripture and to be walking with him and seeking him daily. And he would, he was going to shape me into who I was called to be. Um, and it wasn't until me and Kendall, my wife were in an argument that, that actually came <laughs> out and I was start going back through my testimony, trying to explain why I know I'm right about what I'm saying, because I've been there and done it. And, uh, and then that's when it clicked. I was like, Oh, I've been, I've been sharing my testimony in, um, in small groups or Bible studies. And then, really, I've been sharing it and never even saw that. And so, I, you know, the next Bible study I was in, I think I went ahead and shared it and was like, Yo, I've been missing this in mine. So mm. about how old were you when you had made the conscious decision that you were going to give your life to Christ? I would say, I'd say 23, 24. Um, and it was still that was about the time where I really just kind of cut ties with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that just wasn't going to work. And I was just going to have to figure this out. Um, cause I would say early on, like I was, re- I could, I was recognizing it as true. I didn't know what it looked like. I was not living like it. Yeah. And everything was in it. At, I would say 23, 24 because, uh, I get on at Michelin. I focus on buying a house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was time before that, a quick story real quick was so, um, I don't know if I was on at michelin yet or not but I still remember where it was um it was in a bedroom it was after my parents got a divorce and um it was at my mom's place at the time and I remember it was just I think I'd left a party or whatever it was but nothing bad happened there just got home and just thinking about reality in the world and you know just my state of everything and it was just like a lot hit me and it was one of those prayers where you're on your knees, you're balling your eyes out. Yeah. And um and it what was dawning on me was that I don't even have a home anymore. Like at that point, um, my dad was moving his new wife in and like all my stuff from mm. my bedroom there had been moved out. And mm. I realized like, man, I don't even actually have a home anymore. Like a bed and then and it was, you know, one of those times where God speaks to you. It's not an audible voice, but it's as clear as could be and it's like, hey, it's time to man up and yeah. and start your own yeah. family. What um
0: One thing I I just gotta make a note of is that it's really awesome to hear. It's interesting because a lot of people you hear like, you know, the Holy Spirit working on them, like working within them. They and it's like they have a faith moment where they're like, I I have to believe this, right? Like because they experience a a miraculous thing or something that could be no other explanation but God. But you having a testimony where you Saul, like christ was rooted in logic and like reason like it's real like it's like mm-hmm. you could actually see that this is logically um stands for itself like there's no it's not blind faith it's the reality and truth of our
2: world yeah whether we want to accept it or not yeah and it doesn't matter what you feel
0: yeah and then it was if the holy true, spirit true. the holy spirit working within you later and then you've given your life to christ and being like like you knew it was true and then there was reasoning behind it obviously using your background to kind of conduct that but then also then the the call and then you responding and you're like okay i have faith in this like i'm rooted in this but the first part was that you, you realized it was true mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people like you can have a faith um there's some people that have never went down that road and that's okay but it's okay to like venture into like how true is this because it's going to stand on its own. Yep, so I thought yep. that was a really interesting part yep. about that.
1: Yeah. And mm-hmm. so uh, one thing that we don't actually talk about a lot on here is the church that we go to because I'm always like, I don't want to be the one that's uh I'm not a reflection. If I say anything, like I'm not directly responsible for the church, Um, but we do attend Radius church and Radius church is a, uh, multi-campus. Each campus has its own pastor, but they all kind of work together as mm-hmm. a family of churches. And so um, you mentioned one location, but there's several locations. And uh, what's happening with you is another location is going to be birth. Uh, but before we get into the the, the depth of what you're going to be doing, kind of tell me a little bit about uh, the journey from being uh, doing personal training, uh, working shift work you mentioned Michelin mm-hmm. newcor these these shift work jobs um, to becoming a pat like a staff pastor and planting a church yeah okay. and, and
0: this is one thing I, I'm excited to hear about because you're probably one of the only people that I've seen like a lot of pastors you hear like I felt a calling like it made sense like I've, I've been raised in the church and you're the one person that like went in the complete opposite direction. And and then got grabbed and turned around by God, and you had to make a really hard decision with your family and everything. So
2: yeah, I've, I've put my family through a lot. In yeah. these, <laughs> these past few years, a lot a lot of life changes for my wife and I. Um, but yeah, so Michelin for about four and a half five years. Um, I liked it there. You know, it was shift work, and so that was challenging when you're coming into your faith. The good part is night shift. Um, in my area, we were able to work ahead and kind of do your own thing. And so um, Night Shift was when I could really dive into um, reading a devotional or whatever mm-hmm. it is and try to, uh, I, I wouldn't say I got a whole lot of depth then, but it was enough for what I needed. Like that's when I knew I needed to get baptized and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and, mm-hmm. and baptized as a kid, but it wasn't my decision. And so I was like, this is me professing my faith. Um, and so it was through that. But when my wife and I got married, we knew, like we, we knew we were going to start trying to have, have kids right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like we were going to um, build a family. And so for me, it was like, all right, well, shift work is just not really going to work for me if I have the option. And I know Connor's going, <laughs> it's hard, bro. It's <laughs> yeah. hard. You preach it shift to the choir. And, so, yeah. and so one thing I saw, but I saw it on these older guys, their face when they came into yeah. work and stuff. And then like hearing their stories of like a, uh, I mean, a, a Saturday night, having to come into work and you're leaving like your kids yeah. are out in the yard playing, and you gotta leave that. And I was like, Man, I really don't want to do that if I don't have to. And so I started venturing out. Like one thing I loved especially back then was fitness. And um yeah, I was I was really heavy into it at the time and then uh started trying to personal train some and uh that door like immediately opened up. They're like, hey, we got a full time spot to come on and, mm. and uh basically um lead lead one of our uh one of our gyms and um and so that was a uh something I kind of prayed on I was taught with the pastor at the time and uh we were like man that that seems like God just opened a door for you there and uh just tried to make sure that um I mean the timing of it too with with us getting married that I was able to get on um with that get on with uh her insurance and stuff and so anyways I get on I end up making that leap and for me at the time it was like that was the obvious like God has led me in this direction and like and I felt like it. one, it was showing that I trusted him to take that leap. Um, but two, that's what I, I felt like, man, God's got me. Like, I'm, I'm good with this. Um, that quickly turned in probably the most miserable year of my life. <laughs> um, and so for a while there, it was like, what is the point yeah. of this? I absolutely felt like this was the right move. Those around me kind of agreed mm-hmm. that was the right move. Um, and, uh, I mean, I learned a lot through it now. I mean, especially being able to take that to – where I'm at now and deal with, deal with volunteers because yeah. yeah. you're managing a personal training department. You have a lot of personal trainers that aren't full-time personal trainers. A lot of them, they, they're, they're coming either early in the mornings or late in the afternoons and it's just an extra job for them. Um, and so is you know, it's not like you can really, really bear down on people. And so a lot of that's pushing of like, Hey, this is, this is our program. Yeah. If we build it up and do it right, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll sell itself. Um, but then from there, when we were we got pregnant, and I but I still wanted to give it a year. Uh, I didn't want to just jump out of anything, um, even though it was not what I expected. I was getting into, um, and then uh, once that year came around, um, I ended up getting an offer from Nucor to go work out there. I didn't expect much out of that. Went and listened to listened to them out, and I'm glad I did. Um, and so made that move, but I had to go to nights there. Um, which is hard <laughs> which, is, which is hard yep and uh, i just you know right off the bat i knew um i knew that we were in a financial situation too and trying to kind of clean some of that up and so um just asked to start working overtime and at first they laughed they're like you just, you've you been here a week like you gotta <laughs> learn something before you can yeah. just start working overtime, I want overtime yeah now, yeah now. and then the next day they come out like hey well we got something you can do if you want to start staying over i was like what's well, night shift like my wife and daughter is gonna be gone before I get home. I might as well hang out and do, yeah. do some more. I'll just go home and sleep. I'll just grind. Like I'm okay doing that. Yeah. Um. And so that's what I that's what I did there, and I got a first shift job within like a couple months, which is Very cool. which is a blessing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to ask you a little bit. Um. So you've you've kind of given some background. So after you did the new core Michelin personal training, all this stuff, then the big leap was. Becoming a pastor on staff Mm -hmm. at at your church, and with the intention of planting another church. So, um, we'll let you plug it at the end too. But tell us a little bit what about the becoming a pastor, and then what kind of the plan is with that?
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, well along the way, you know, stepping into leadership roles, leading 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 small groups, Bible studies, and then um, being a shepherding elder. A responsible pastor into a shepherding elder to change the role, which is kind of like a, a glorified deacon of a yep. church, um. And so, uh, and then the conversation had happened about planting Radius Pillion. Um, I believe Joe Joe would have brought it up a long time ago. Uh, I've always had a passion. You know, that's where I went to school. I'm from North, which is on the other side of it, but I went to school in Pillion, and uh, I've always had a passion, and something I'll daydream about is changing a community, like really. Mm leading the drive for people to truly find Christ. Cause you know, part of my journey is, you know, the, the logic and the reason of it, finding how it, it and so like for me, I thrive off that realness of it. And so, that's what I feel like we miss in America Yeah, is the realness of it. It turned into such a cultural thing. Yeah. It's like, Oh, like this is I think, real. Like we
0: need to really, I think vicious. I heard like Vody Bachman say like, it's like a haze, like the Western church has like a haze over it. Like a mist. It's mm. just like you go in other countries, other countries and the churches, like you can see that just vivid realness and mm. here. It's just this, this
2: consumerist haze that you have over here. Yep. And so, um, and so the, the conversation came back up and, uh, and I was like, nah, nah, I'm probably like ten years away from doing anything like that. Like I do feel <laughs> like there's a calling to go deeper into this. I, like, I just don't feel like it's there yet. Um, we were still having kids. The ones we had were so young then. And so uh then the, the conversation came back up about ten months later and they were like, um, hey, let's sit down and have a conversation again. We're gonna we think we're gonna make a run at you again. And uh and I was like, All right, you can't afford me, but <laughs> I'll sit, I'll sit, I'll sit down and talk with you I guys because yeah. I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Just sitting down and picking your brains, getting wisdom from yeah. you. Yeah. Um, That's beneficial to me, just that alone. And so uh sat down to have the conversation and that was the, what they did was making a push. Like, Hey, we're going to put a few different things together to see if we can get you in. Um, And then part of that will be one to run the day to day for white Noel because our pastor's full-time military um and so which to, we had on the podcast shout, of, out JP. JP yeah, ago shout out j p love you j p and so uh and then and then two to go to plant pillion to work pillion and then eventually go into that role um and so I was like, all right well uh i I went ahead and gave him like my low low ball number what I thought we could do um and uh and I was like that's that's a pretty it was a pretty big cut already, and I was like, but like I'm not here to negotiate like I'll just give you my low ball number, and let's just see if we can make it happen yeah um And so by the end of the week they sent the offer over and it was about 5,000 short. Mm -hmm. And I was like, of course, (laughs) (laughs) mate, not going to make this decision easy. (laughs) Are you? And so I called my dad, uh, randomly, not necessarily to tell him that, but a little bit of that because he's always wanted this for me. Yeah. And, uh, just because I would question so much early on and I, I, he felt like he saw that in me. And so I called him and I'm telling him while I'm on the way to daycare to pick up the girls. And, uh, and he's just like, as soon as I tell him, he's like, oh, no brainer, do it, do it. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I got two kids and another one on the way. Yeah. Like, I have stuff to think about here. You yeah. know,
0: I can't just do it. Well, that's what um, I wanted to kind of tap into a little bit. So, you I mean, you just talked about how you were at Michelin. You're like, this ain't cutting it. And then an opportunity comes across and it's really good. It's, it's better than where you're at. And you're like, it's a no brainer. Everybody's telling you go for it. And then here's the other hand and it's, it's a pay cut. A lot of things, and like, where was your mental space, and like, yeah. where was that in prayer? Like, how did that yeah. look like? trying yeah. to navigate
2: that. So, um, uh, well, backtrack. Look, when I made that move to the gym, it wasn't clear cut either. I, I oh, probably okay. should have said that. Yeah. Okay. So, so I had some spiritual guidance of like, hey, like yeah. I do think God's leading you this way. Now, family thought I had some family think it was stupid. Yeah, gotcha. it was. Okay. A pay, it was a pay cut there too. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, it's it's you know. God's, if I feel like God's leaving me in a direction it's yeah just like, yeah, well, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, rolling with the punches. this one was kind of the same way um it was uh when that happened, I was like, all right, I can't, and so by the time I got to the daycare, though, um I'm a big vision person, I like yeah. to think about i'm looking thinking about the future, and yeah um if you do those personality things like I'm a wonder or whatever mm-hmm. um, and so. By the time I got there, though, there was there was no future in my mind other than this one. Mm. And so um, when I got home, prayed on it, me and Cindle, we were locked in from the start. And it was like, all right, this is the next direction in our house. I still waited till Sunday to tell anybody. Um, told JP, didn't call John Reed and let him know. Um, and then there was still, you know, like, um, there it was, it was still family that didn't, didn't really get it. Wow. Like, are you sure? Like, you're going to take a pay cut and you get the question, like, can you actually afford a living doing yeah. this and stuff? And I'm just like, for me, I'm like, man, that's just totally beside the what point. What do you
1: mean? I thought pastors made lots of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: I know. And I'm just like, for me, it's like, uh, that's, that's totally in another realm that I'm like, I'm, I'm acknowledging it. I'm yeah. making sure find I, like I'm, I'm, I'm being yeah. I'm trying to be wise about things and, you know, we're going, to we're going to budget, uh, weekly and trying to make sure we're staying. I staying think Google that's one,
0: that. one thing that people see though. And they go like, Oh, like, well. I, it's a it's a comf I mean, money's a comfort thing by any means. And
2: like you taking a pay cut like that, it's like Yes Do you believe that God's going right, to Right. So what me and Sindel yeah. did, and I got this from Bodie Bacham actually. Mm. Um Shout what, what, yeah. What what Sindel and yeah, I did if you ever listen
1: to this Bodie, we love you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: so what what Sindel and I did was uh um use attack like one of his I believe it was a parenting book he has. And okay. um and his thing is what he's getting at is that like you know he's big on be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Um. And uh. And so his is he's getting at it in America, especially like a lot of times we act like oh we can't afford another kid, and he's like a nice house you got nice cars you can sell that nice house mm. you can sell that nice cars if God's calling you to do it then you do it you yeah. make it happen. Mm. Um. And so we actually use that same mindset when we're trying to make big decisions like this. Mm. And so we use it in that decision. I was like all right, our biggest thing is. Is simply as God calling us to do this, yeah. and so we can. We're in agreement that we can sell that house. Mm. Um, and you know, my, I'm not going to get anything for my truck, but uh, we could. We could sell our car. At yeah. the time, we didn't have the car we, yeah. we got now. Um, but we've always had in mind. like, well, hey, we can. We can sell this house. Um, and so we were good with that. Our Our simple goal was as God calling us to do this. Yeah, and, and what. Once you shut that out it's it's amazing how easy how much easier it is to follow a calling of god when you realize when you can lay your stuff on the table of like mm-hmm. hey like none of this is actually ours as far as like like this is none of this is the goal yeah you know and so um we did it with we did it with having our third job that was that was a big thing. once you had once we had a second one it was like this is a lot of work like I don't know and then we uh we we had had three on our hearts from the get go and so that was one of the things we 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 did that too. We we're like, I don't know, like financially, three changes everything. We got to get a new vehicle that can fit three. Were you
1: hoping for a boy the third of time? Of course, I was. <laughs> I, I,
2: I've never shied away from that. Yeah. Hey, I love my girls though. Yeah. I, yeah. I love my girls. I wouldn't trade them for anything. But well, I'm tra- I'm tra- yeah.
0: I'm tracking in the same direction <laughs> yeah. you're going. So. I think between us, we got a cheerleading squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, so from I'm not from, pushing cheerleading. From, <laughs> from the what I like to call private sector, the the non-pastoral roles, we'll call private sector. Uh from that job to being a pastor, what what are some of the major maybe differences that you've experienced and what are some maybe some of the similarities
2: between the two roles? Um well, I mean one of the big differences are the people you encounter. Um which is for me, I think one of the big things that helped me with coming from that background is that, I mean, mm. I've had plenty of encounters with non-believers. Or you don't, I mean, there's not. it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people that actually don't believe in a God or a yeah. creator. It seems like most people, they, they believe something. They believe yeah. something. They just so. don't know what they believe or, but, or have never asked those questions.
0: But coming from the blue-collar world, there is some very colorful and very... Uh, yeah
2: crazy thought-out yeah. things well, on spiritual. I mean, construct- construction environments and stuff. I like, think I've, most I've people, I
1: agree, most people haven't really thought through. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they might have some ideas, but they haven't, they're not interested enough in them to piece them together to say, I believe this, this, and this. They're just like, yeah, that sounds good. And I'm like, I'm okay with not thinking any deeper on yeah. this.
2: Or yeah, which is, I mean, to me, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, there's, you, like, it's very there, there's, a creat- there's a creator <laughs> our entire eternity could lie on this. Yeah, like, just, it is the biggest question you will answer in your life. I think it. I get around. Yeah, I will get around, and to what, it yeah, I'm right. around to and one. What, like, what? And what's crazy is, is that it, it is a lazy thought
0: process, but right. it also is kind of like a, a more. I feel like it takes more to like, just not think about anything, to then to sit down and like just ro- go down the roadmap. Uh, ignorance like, is
1: bliss, is what yeah, they say. So. Yeah. Just uh, like pretend it's, yeah, pretend it's not there. You don't have to worry about mm-hmm. it. You won't worry
2: about yeah. it. Yeah. And so, and so, one of the big things that I struggled with. In that kind of world was once i got in my faith you know it was like hey this is uh it means a ton to me i think it is absolutely the truth of the world um which it is we have a just a stigma and especially in the south of that it's been shoved down people's throat their Mm -hmm. whole life um and it probably has been done the wrong way for a long time yeah um and so it was like well you know i don't want to be that guy but i i I have a calling to to -hmm. get it out and so it was uh finding that great finding that that line of how do i how do i really implement it in and so it was uh because once i get started talking on it sometimes it can turn into a serious yeah. a serious subject and so like most of the time i'm at work i'm pretty lighthearted, i'm ready to joke and just just run my mouth to you or something you know and so uh and so it was really i think one of the battles i came across that uh helped me a lot and i, I try to tell people this when i get it's like man if I feel like if I start talking about it, the other person might think I'm crazy or something mm-hmm. like that's the feeling. And so I, so I had to remind myself, like, hey, if I'm arguing sports with this person or I'm arguing anything else in the world, I know I'm not the crazy one in the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They know I'm not the crazy one in the conversation. Yeah. I'm like, so why in the world do I do that with this? And so yeah. then it's finding out that, hey, actually, naturally, this will come out. God will open a window, oh, yeah. especially if you're thinking about that while you're talking. Like, you don't have to force it. Wait, that window will open. And then it's gonna it's gonna spark conversation. A lot of it is as natural as can be. Um, and I feel like in apologetics,
0: like if it's if it's logic, which we just said that clearly it is, and it's truth. You know, people have heard like they've thought logically before, and yeah. so that things that they might be clinging to that isn't proof for God you might be able to say, oh, I, I thought that too, and I, this is how I navigated through it. Yeah. And it's actually an a, a easier conversation, and God's going to guide
2: that anyway, yeah. so, so I agree with you. Yeah, and so a lot of times, it's like it's trusting the Bible. And mm-hmm. so like for someone who doesn't trust it or something, is, is, you know, you just throw some simple things out there of like the statistics that the, yeah. that the prophecies could have, could have actually came true. You know, like yeah. you throw out like, over 300 were fulfilled with Jesus and mm. you know like just go read Psalm 22 and you see David's talking about crucifixion and clearly talking about Christ being crucified and you know hundreds of years before crucifixion was even invented mm-hmm. and you know you, you throw these specific like these are not Nostradamus style so this is specific yeah um and so it's like you know what are you going to do with that you know and then you got what Hugh Ross who does the mm-hmm. uh, um astrophysicist and he's got the statistics out of how um Throughout the Bible, there's statements that are made, or in those statements, there's assumptions of um, of nature and science and stuff that at the time they didn't know. Yeah, and so he finds over 200 of them in there mm. that had those people in those times shouldn't have known that. And he did the I don't know if y'all have ever heard that story. Yeah. He does the statistics on that of uh, the probability, and it's like 10 times 10 to the 300. And he says, and then he goes to his uh, um, to his class, and his professor has all of them do the statistics on what it, would it be if the second law of thermodynamics reversed and killed one person in the class? And they said, well, that was 10 times 10 to the 90. And he was like, that's so small, no one ever has to worry about that ever happening um, in the world. And he said, but he had just proved that the Bible is over 200 times more reliable mm. than the second law of thermodynamics. <laughs> I love that. And that's so he became a Christian. Yeah. 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 That's and, very cool. And so it's like, those are the, those are the, I don't know, the little... Cool stuff that's outside of it, that scripture, you know, like I love apologetics, but sometimes I gotta draw myself in and realize like, hey, like yeah, I just need to get past that and just really focus on the scripture.
0: So having this kind of you know, being well rooted in like I mean you're really good at apologetics and I've heard some the I didn't get to attend it, but I heard a lot of that. So having that, you, you know, obviously in the blue collar world and your workforce, navigating those conversations were really well. And then now you're a shepherd of a flock. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. how does that, you know, tie into your day-to-day? Like, I mean, what does the day-to-day look like with kind of compared to, hey, just clocking in, doing 10 hours, going to a night shift? What does it look like now when, you know, we heard kind of JP's story inside of it, but what does it look like for you trying to
2: kind of head in the path of starting a church and planning one? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, uh, man, you talk about the day-to-day. That was the most challenging thing coming on mm. to uh, – to church because then coming into full time ministry, you know, you don't, uh, I mean, you don't have a schedule. It's kind of you know, you, you figure out what needs to get done and you get it done. Um, that was one of the funny things me and JP talked before I started. He went over everything. I was like, well, I, I kind of looked at him. and I was like, well, that's only like thirty minutes worth of work. <laughs> I was like, what else am I doing? He's like, well, what, what i saying. Yeah, I know. And so, um, but it is it is wild how, um, you know, one learning time management was a big was a big challenge, but it's wild how. Once you get into it, it's like there's so much that needs to get done. You don't ever have enough time to do it, and yeah. things are popping up daily. You know, like just whatever it is, it's random stuff. Um, and then you know you, you got to continually educate yourself. Yeah, you mm-hmm. that, and then um, especially if you're writing a sermon, um, because after I got through like my first my first summer that mm-hmm. I was on on stat, which was last summer, only well, been on year, on yeah, the, yeah, year or so, um, I remember then it was like things started to click a little bit, and I was like, I I, I could have done a like, I wish I could go back to the beginning of the summer. I could have got a lot more done. <laughs> yeah, You know, um, and so um,
0: I think a lot of people uh, play down the the writing of a sermon. Like, you know, you're a very intelligent guy. Like, I, I gave it, you a lot of credit. It takes there. me a while, to but get it, my words out. So like, write a yeah. sermon like that
2: is not no light work. Um, yeah,
1: it was what like 30 <laughs> minutes is worth like 19 hours of <laughs> yeah, sermon yeah. prep or something exactly. like that.
2: Yeah, and, and most of it you can't put in there anyways. Yeah, you know, like it, A lot of times it's like you know. Trying not to talk over people's head, being being able to explain it, you know, because well,
1: when you have a congregation, you have the full spectrum of understanding in the room, so you need to practically address everyone in the room. So you got to start with the basics and then expand and expound, and then figure out like what's the limit there? How far do I want to go explaining something that's not going to be just so over someone's head, but also this person over here that's like hungry for some greater understanding, which that's Mm -hmm. me. Like I'm the guy in the room. just like, please give me something that maybe I haven't heard before. I've been in church my whole life. So please Mm -hmm. teach me something. And uh, so you have that full room and so you kind of have to balance.
0: Well, we've talked, like I wouldn't go to my two-year-old and talk about deep theology with her, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I would basically go
1: to the basics of like
0: trying to teach her Christ, you know? But when I get to someone that, you know, is deep into theology, we can have that conversation. But the majority of people are going to be, you, they they need someone to kind of mm. walk them through that and teach them and kind of get them from the milk to the meat and that, that takes a lot of work. Even you, you yeah. being so intelligent on that and being very uh, having a heavy background in that, you still got to kind of like okay, like how is this going to get across in, yep. a, in a digestible way?
2: Yeah, I think what's big for me a lot now that, that I'm in this position is um is really like I said back to the realness of I want to see us really move as a mm. church, and so I, like, that's what I'm excited about pillion plants of being able to to be the one speaking. Which is funny. Like I never wanted to speak from stage yeah. at all. Like really? I mean, it wasn't until what a couple of years ago. Until you maybe? heard me and you're like, you know yeah. what? I yeah, can do be better it. than that. I, yeah. I, like, all right. Well <laughs> I we're can let this guy, guy, guy on stage. You know, I mean, really come anybody on. can do it. Yeah. Um, I guess a couple of years ago Joe started wanting me to uh host some. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, even then, like, I wrote, it was just announcements, but I had that wrote out and memorized. So, like, mm-hmm. when I went up there, I just spit it out and got back off stage. Mm-hmm. Like, I never wanted to be on stage. Stage fright was very real for me. Yeah. Um, and so that's what's funny now is like, but, it, you know, cause every time I'd hear somebody preach, though, I'd be, I'd really be itchy. And I would think in that way, Wes, of like, man, I feel like I could, I could get that across better. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. I feel like, um, and so, like, I, I really felt like I was being drawn in that direction, which is why I told, john reasoning when they asked that one time I was like yeah i do i just think it's probably 10 years away because yeah. speaking on stage was not something well the only way you improve is if you get just reps it. Yeah. and yeah. get
1: opportunities
2: yeah like strength conditioning or something like that you right. never really
1: know how good you are at something until you try it yeah and, and so
2: now now i'm just really excited when i get you know to be up be up there every sunday and be able to really move push people because like right now me and jp got kind of the one-two punch yeah um but i'm, I'm once a month you know and it's like uh I can try to push people somewhat, um, which I mean, and JP can push them the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah but like but,
1: if you're not preaching week to week, then like you can't really follow up on something you said last yeah. week. And and, and thinking
2: yeah. about like in a in a series, yeah, you know, like, like how you're going to flow over the push next few it through weeks, an entire yeah. series. Yeah, like, so it has its different challenges. Right, right. Well, and go ahead. Oh
0: no, I just I, I had the question of like, um, kind of wanted to just personal question was that so you kind of talked about how you know they came to you they, they came to you, you know with the whole getting you on board with planning a church i don't know how much you get details you can give so I, i'm just trying to get this you know they obviously gave you a timeline and are you allowed to kind of disclose that or or like to, are you allowed to say what the timeline was that they gave you on like
2: planning a church in pelion oh they didn't it wasn't it so wasn't. It, there was kind of like it was talked about okay and um it Moved a little bit because at one point I think we me and JP were shooting for this fall, okay. Um, and I think originally that's what we were kind of thinking was this fall, yeah. um, but then it was like quickly. It, um, I mean, Brian was like, Now let's, let's 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 pause that and go to like 2024 for no no reason really, other than we have a yeah. pastor that's full time military. And if we make that move, because one of the big things of church planning, you don't want to strip the church, yeah, yeah, from, you don't it, want you to, know? Yeah. and so if I go it's going to leave them pretty yeah. empty on the day-to-day. And if we do it, so it's still going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so when it happens in, in January. It gives some time to fill the gap. It gives them time. And, and early on in a church plan, I can probably still manage yeah. both. Yeah. To, it, an, to an extent, you yeah. know. So, um, so my so.
0: question was, I know you expressed you were a wanderer. Like, you know, you kind of have a vision. How does that look like an application you know, like how does that look like, okay, like in your head, you're like maybe yes. like it's a three- to five-year thing or whatever timeline. How do you kind of go that into your day-to-day and kind of that's, that's making it reality? The, that's the know? battle because
2: yeah. I'm a – in the one we did for Radius that have everybody do, I'm a W and I'm a T. So mm-hmm. I'm on both ends of the spectrum. Um, and so W, wonder, T for tenacity. And basically I was like, that. That that's me. I'm going to wonder – all the way through all the steps and then the T hits and I'm going to be mad that nobody got it done and I'm going to just start getting it done. <laughs> and that's called ministry. <laughs> yeah, that's how it's going to go. So um no, I do I do appreciate organization though and discipline and um and so um but being able to put like the 3 5 year like I don't know that you can really do that in church planning. So we re- we went through some books and stuff and so they do in the sense of like hey like your first year, you're ninety percent evangelist, ten percent pastor, and then each year it kind of goes. By the time you get to the fifth year, is when it's sixty percent pastor, forty gotcha. percent evangelist. However, it goes. It might it might have been a, it might have mm-hmm. went before that. I don't remember exact numbers. Um, but even that, and they're, and they're saying in the book like everything's different when you yeah. when you're on. Like it's it's organic and um and so yeah, for me it'll be a lot of uh, are we being to church Monday through Saturday. Mm. Like that that's that's going to be huge for me because I'm not about putting on a show. Like I do want to do the best Sunday service we can do. I understand that's that's huge. Yeah, and like you want to do things. In,
1: you want to do things with excellence.
2: Yeah. Yes, I want to do everything with excellence, but like I want it to be real. And mm. so I, I I still I still struggle a lot with like what should this look like as far as like church in America in general. You know, mm. I feel like we're 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 still missing a lot of it, and so. Something that's drawn me to Radius over the years is the realness behind it, you know, and at least willing to go out and attempt mm-hmm. to be be radical in the community for Christ, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so, like, uh, that, that'll be big for me and figuring that stuff out. Got is it. there
1: anything from, like, doing this whole, like, getting ready to plant a church over the past, let's say, six months, kind of building up that you're kind of surprised how it's been going? maybe something's caught you off guard or is it kind of like kind of what you've expected the whole time?
2: No. Um, I don't know if, uh, too surprised. I mean, it's, it's what you would expect, but it's, uh, you know, in the beginning it was learning that to not get my own way. Yeah. To, to just give God time. Like I was getting, I got frustrated over some things like internally, nobody else really, really saw it. But, um, and I remember just, you know, praying really hard and then, I didn't think was going to happen, be what happened, or like I was kind of avoiding doing the one thing because I was like, "Nah, these these will work better." And I go do the other one, and it's like, "Yeah, what? That's what God was <laughs> had had." Oh, and it was just a breeze then. Yeah, I was like, "Okay, I'm getting in my own way." Yeah. Um. And so like, it's been pretty cool to see how it was eight of us just uh, meeting last fall, and then in the spring it went to eighteen. Um. And then over the summer, there's been people have been like basically sent our way like not mm. not by others really i mean a little bit of connections through radius but really they they were found radius they felt called and were wanting to plug in and one of them specifically was like they wanted to plug into pillion and then found radius lexington actually and then was like oh the dude's gonna plant pillions out of white Knoll. so wow. made a connection and we went and to, um and so that all happened over the summer and so you know we're up 24 25 people now and um and so I'm I'm excited to see what happens after tomorrow night when we uh, gonna announce this thing. Yeah, hey.
0: yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. The, that's
1: the big announcement's coming. So by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be about a week old that the news is out there. But yeah, getting ready to launch in 2024, and that's that's going to be really exciting. So one question I have for you is: as you're looking forward to uh, planting a new church, what's something that you're looking forward to the most? Let's say within the first year or so of a church plant.
2: Um, man, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing I look forward to the most is, is, I don't want to keep saying the same thing over and over, but it's literally to see change in a community. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, that would be, I think that would be the indication of that, man, we're doing something here to see, like, no matter how many people are showing up on Sunday, you know, if it's still a small group of us, um, but to see like pillions, like a lower middle
1: class. It, it, lower than when, when, lower it, class. Well, when you get into financially, at least
2: when you get into, they small, wouldn't say that. When you, get, <laughs> when you get into small towns, you just have a yeah. variety. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's 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 a melting pot yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you'll have very low, you know, very low income, but then you'll have very high income. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just gets you get everything. Um, but you also gonna have, I mean, people are proud, and so mm. like we're not gonna have the homeless population out there that like we do here. Yeah, yeah. and so um, even though. They may have nothing, no money in their name. or like they're, they're gonna pull themselves yeah. up. Well, that's and do the thing about the blue
1: collar workers, like we talked about. Yeah. Like the, one of the challenges that you have is, uh, I'm gonna get it done. I'm gonna get it done on my own, and I don't need anybody. I don't need community. I don't need God. I don't need yeah. anything yep. that you're trying yep. to sell me. Because look, I'm gonna carry this on my back. And yep. I
0: think that a lot of blue collar men don't want to be vulnerable. I mean, I experience it in my field, and and you know that submission to Christ and being like you know. Iron sharpens iron, you know. You kind of want to, you know, mentor somebody or disciple them. It's hard because the blue collar, you know, face the blue collar culture is I got this, you ain't gonna be able to read me, Mm -hmm. and I'm just gonna keep trudging along. Yeah, we've 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 already
2: saw some of that too. Of, um, you know, just trying to feed the community Mm. a a few times out there already, and nobody really comes out to it, even though we're we're trying to push it online and everywhere else. Um, you do that up this way, you'll get. You know, yeah. you get plenty of people. Yeah, so hopefully,
1: um, you know, within this community of a lot of pride and but hard work, yeah. Yeah. that will transfer over to some, you know, really s- strong servants for yeah. Christ. Yeah.
2: yeah, and so like one of the other things that I would say would be an indicator for me personally is, um, have I created a d- disciples out there? Yeah. Um, yeah. and and so you know, I would look for three to five disciples that have been created in billion. Um, you know, mm. I got got some guys up this way to meet with and stuff, but out there, have I done anything within a year? Yeah. Um, if that hadn't happened and that's, I feel like that'd be a failure on my part. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you have any other important questions? I have one last important question. Now you can go ahead. So, you know, our whole podcast about 99 black is equipping our viewers to be the black sheep of culture. And a lot of things that you kept repeating, um, which is a big point is that, are we, go- are we the real deal? Like, are we church Monday through Saturday? Um, so like to our viewers, I I know, I know everybody's not going to be a church planner. I know everybody's not going to, um, have the time we talked about working swings and working night shift, third shift, like it's hard, but Mm -hmm. like, what is one piece of advice you could give our viewers, um, to be that church Monday through Saturday? Like, what does that get started? You talked about like a lot of logic and reasoning, um, apologetics, um, but what's something like. You know, for someone that's yeah. never experienced that or even heard that, what's something that kind of is a good
2: start way and kind of going that path? Yeah. So, um, to start, like, definitely do not downplay the example you set for those around you. Mm. Um, that is huge, and more people are watching you than you think, uh, especially when you profess yeah. that you are a Christian. Mm. Um, and so, which is a big problem with cultural Christianity. If you profess they're a Christian they look nothing like it. Yep. Um. And so they'll ever downplay that. But you know you you got to get out and so like, the simple thing that Radius usually pushes is do you even know your neighbors? Mm. Like knowing your neighbors, being intentional with the people at work, um, being intentional with those who live around you. Um. Man, it doesn't have to look crazy. It could just be you know we're called to serve, and so mm. it's, um being willing to to serve them however making a meal for them or uh, um I mean just loving on them however it could be but it doesn't necessarily have to be you know on the street corner yeah. pre- preaching you know um if anything that that may turn people away nowadays i think mm. um there's a time and a place um everybody's heard the name of jesus and in this time in this part of the country part of the, country part of the world yeah part yeah. of the world um they just don't know the real jesus mm. yeah so, that's the truth um and so there's, you know, I don't know if God calls you to preach on the corner and do it. I'm not saying don't. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think the big thing is the, is the simple stuff of being intentional with the people that you are in contact with daily. Um, yeah. And so one, like the setting the example of being, you know, like, you first have to be living it mm. um, as far as like uh, producing the fruits of the spirit and really walking with Christ because they will see that. And that's something I didn't realize until getting into these. You know, like somebody would bring it up at mm. wherever I was working and just say something like, man, Jacob, do you even cuss? Or something like, nah, like, why would I? Like, mm. It's it's funny. Like, we yeah, talked about that. Know, little, little small things. Little, little small things. You might things
1: think are, sp- are no yep. significance, yep. but and people then, are watching. And then
2: people going to, you know, just randomly come up, you know, start coming up and kind of share their problems and get an idea of where you stand on that. Yep. And, you know, it's like it was start seeing that stuff happen. I'm like, okay, well, people are seeing on me. I'm not even trying to push it on them. Um, and so, like, I mean, that – so just living by example, that's a door that opens for you right mm-hmm. there. Cause once they come to you saying something, it's like, oh that's a that's a door to speak into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and share the gospel. And so that's simple thing. But yeah, I mean, actively I, I love the thing of knowing your neighbors. And mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it's hard when you work in shift, it's hard when you got young kids. Like we're going through that now. And that's one of the things I battle is um I mean, just the you just want to say the season that we're in in life with, you know, uh, five or three kids, five and under, um, it's hard on Sindel to get out and do things. And so like our family as a whole can keep moving in a direction, but it's real you know, but it, it's hard for me to be able to make the time to get her intentionally. Cause something's always popping up. And yeah. so, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, even now we're talking about, you know, we talked to the other night, like, Hey, well, we just got to dive in and, and trust, you know, throwing our, our youngest ones in whatever childcare. you know, while yeah. we're out. Being able to have them adapt off schedule of where yeah. they are. You yeah. know, everybody wants to keep the kid on a schedule, but then be able to stay up a little later while we're out doing something. And then turn around and they're all throwing up, and yeah. <laughs> so you can't do it. Going through, like well, like almost happened today. And so it's just, it's just one thing after another, but that's, you know, that's, that's part of a journey. It's a fight. Right? I think
0: that is something that really gets underplayed is that you don't have to be a theological genius. You don't have to be uh, the apologetics master that just the small things behind the scenes, knowing people, being intentional – um that is the light that's going to shine in this culture right now yeah. um so I, I really appreciate you sharing that and i hope it really helps equip a lot of our viewers
1: yeah so i want to give you the opportunity to tell us about your church plant coming up any details yep. if somebody's listening they're they're in the uh lexington county region of south carolina and pillion yeah tell, tell us a little yep. bit about so, what's going on
2: yeah if you got a heart for um for reaching others, I mean, we're all called to go out and make disciples. So, we are a uh, we're, we're a group of about 24 25 of us right now. We're meeting at Fort Pond Elementary School at four p.m. on Sunday afternoons. Um, the conversation started about where we're going to be meeting on Sunday mornings, start January. Um, but right now, like, is the time to get in to let us know, like, that like someone's wanting to help plant. We need to know who's with us. So that we can build those teams. Uh we've been intentional over the summer of focusing on actual Christian doctrines a little bit of yeah. Um and it's the very basics, but it's but it's get it gets into some depth, starts some great conversation. Um and so we're looking um looking to plant in January and right now we're still fight we're still seeing if we can be out of Fort Spawn Elementary. Mm. Um and yeah, it's uh it's people can get confused over church planting and stuff like that, but statistics will tell us a new church plant is going to have eight times more new believers than an existing church that's been around 10 years or more. And so, wow. and so if we're going, if we're going to live out the great commission, like yeah, yeah, you don't have to do it this way. Like, I mean, but this is an absolute effective way to get out and, and um, make some new believers and mm-hmm. show, show some people Christ.
1: Yeah. So if you're looking to get plugged into a church and, you're uh, right here in this part of South Carolina. Then um, Jacob would definitely love to have you. Yep. Uh, get you plugged in. And one thing that I appreciate appreciate about you is something that we have in common. It's just the uh, the doctrine, the the love to formulate a basis of what you believe, mm-hmm. uh, a basis of truth off of the Bible, and build from there. And when people come in the door. We're we're not like super secret sensitive, you know. We mm-hmm. ju- we just love them, but we're gonna teach them the word because sometimes the best thing you can do is tell people the truth, you know, yep. even when they don't want to hear it. And so, it's just the idea of hey, there's truth out there. We want to share it, and so that's uh, one thing that um I love that you're doing. And uh, you know, we pray that Radius Pillion's gonna flourish and grow and do all those things uh, that you're hoping is gonna do, mm-hmm. and hoping that God is glorified through it. So yeah. Thanks for coming on here, Jacob. Yeah, appreciate yeah. y'all having me. Yeah. yeah. And you we did great for your first podcast. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs>
0: I think we definitely ask our, our viewers, if you're thinking of any way to help Jacob, if you're on the other side of the County or whatever, just prayers really, yeah. to be honest, mm-hmm. like definitely. no prayer is unheard. Yeah. So,
2: cause yeah, the spiritual battle is real. And yeah. So we didn't get into it here. Um, but yeah, that's, I've, I've dealt with some of that since mm-hmm. coming in too. And, um, and that's actually kind of one of the questions y'all had sent over was about some of that. And so it's, uh, um, I don't have to get into too much detail of it, but yeah, it's been uh, spiritual battles, and like for me though, that I mean, kind of reconfirms yeah, what I'm doing. It tells you, yeah, like, doing yeah, like, yeah. Because I, knew it, I was doing the right thing. Because a lot of it's really stupid stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> that like everybody sees as stupid. Yeah, except the ones doing it. So yeah. yeah.
1: Well, cool. Well, you know what. When Connor has his next child here in a little bit, maybe I'll have you on again so when he can't be yeah. here. Hey, man. Definitely. We can go in the weeds them. on yeah. <laughs> stuff. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I thought about
2: just getting us off subject this whole time anyway. Hey, we can handle it. It ain't yeah. nothing. Yeah, I know, yeah.
1: So, cool. Well, thanks, Jacob, for coming on. And, uh, guys, go check out, uh, what is it, radiuschurch.org, and yep. that's Yep. Uh, Billion brilliant brilliant brilliant. Campus should be on there. Yeah, we'll have so a place, you can yeah. look up more information about that. And don't forget to drop us a review. Just say, I love that episode with Jacob. and uh, and share it with a friend so they'll really probably get something out of this so thanks so much for listening we'll see you next week